All right. And go. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, we're still in the trailer. Okay. In the trailer of loving Jezebel. He'll Harper has some hair sometimes in the movie. But there's that period where he's bald that's disconcerting. <laughs> Hill Harper has a weirdly shaped head in loving Jezebel. He gonna stop talking about my boo in my head. It's interesting that you said that because not this week, but the next next week mm-hmm. on Black Tribbles, because we're yeah. doing March Madness, we're doing uh, Best Baldy. Oh, really? Oh, Hill Harper just gets, gets he, he, he goes out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's, he's not, not even, even going to make the he's 64. He's not even a wild card. <laughs> he said he's not even going to make he's the 64. <laughs> he ain't even a water boy? No. He can't be the water boy? Uh, no. Damn. <laughs> Damn. All right. <clears throat> you can put him in LL in the same bracket. Oh, him LL. Like Neo. I'm about to say him like LL Neo. and Neo. That's exactly they what I'm going to say. make the cone heads. <laughs> the granddaddy people Bryson. Wow, you're wrong. Y'all wrong. That's people's, it's not people's bald head that's the problem. It's people's forehead. I know. That's a lot of head. It's a, a lot. lot. It's a lot of head. And I really shouldn't talk, but you know, <laughs> no, please. You know who else has a huge head? I don't know if you've ever met him or been around him. OJ Simpson. <laughs> His head is huge. It looks huge. It it looks like it could be a cartoon in and of itself. Have you ever met him? Like you've ever actually? <laughs> that would really be something. I would need Can't somebody you, to look, be walking you, with okay. me with a camera. So this, is OJ, this is my favorite OJ. St- well, I mean, I only have like one OJ story, <laughs> but it's one of my favorite Philly stories. So yes. I'm not a Philly. So OJ was here, I guess. Um, when was All Star Weekend in Philly? Like, how long ago Ooh, was that? That was ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. ninety nine. So I was on South Street on all, during All Star Weekend, and OJ was in. OJ was in in this Rolls Royce, and first of all. OJ is huge. Like, I don't think you understand just how big of a man OJ is. Because you usually see him with, like, other football players yeah. or he's on TV. So OJ is, like, squeezed in this Rolls Royce. And and we're on South Street. So, you know, it's you know how it is on South Street on Saturday night. And then it's All-Star Weekend. So the cars just aren't moving. Right. People are running up to the car, shaking OJ's hand. I mean, you know, it's like OJ, OJ. Well, they got the top down. I mean, but he, first of all, he can't, he can hardly fit in the car. <laughs> so you know it's OJ, and it's like this white um, Bentley. Of course, right, right. So a dude. He got to show out. So mm-hmm. dude, dude, one of our brothers runs up to OJ in the car, and he says, OJ, 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 you need to stop killing them white women. <laughs> And then runs off. <laughs> but the tone of his voice, like he was, like he honestly had love for OJ as his black brother. And he was trying to give OJ some advice. This is an only in Philly story. Yes. Y'all. Yes. Clearly. OJ, you need to start killing them white women. Like he felt like OJ had gotten a taste for it. <laughs> So, like, in his head, 
like OJ was just going to start indiscriminately killing white women because it had gotten good to him. And like the brother was coming, like putting his hand on his shoulder and saying, brother, don't do the it. Voice of consent. Please stop killing them white women. Right. <laughs> well, you know, OJ don't really rock Not with exactly. y'all. OJ don't really rock with y'all, no way. <laughs> so y'all were good. Y'all were safe. Hey everybody, welcome to the Show Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribble's fame. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. It's All Soul, Wednesdays, 8 to 10 on G-Town Radio. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are journeying, we're going back. (laughs) (laughs) And so, it begins. (laughs) <laughs> See, this is what I was gonna ask you all if I should set up my my camera and do like a Facebook Live while we're doing this, and now I'm saying I didn't. No, you can feel free. Okay. We did Facebook Live all last we week. Did. It you was did. our first we one. Did. Well, shoot, then. All right, she's, all gonna, right. she's gonna fire up the Facebook okay. Live. I mean, you don't let me. No, I'm not gonna stop. Okay. No, I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> We're doing it live, ladies and gentlemen. Doing it live and doing it with no double takes. It's it's, it's a high wire act here. Here in uh, Casa de la Michelle. Yes. As we go back to the That's turn of the fancy. century. Oh, my God. Not like a tripod? I was like, it's the wrong kind of party. I don't know what she's, know what she's pulling out of that joint. What's happening over there? I'm like, whoa. No, I, I, thought this, oh, I thought this was Facebook. Right. Live. I know what was what is well, going on. Ooh, it's like Irene Cara at the end of Fame. Oh Lord, <laughs> it's about to start crying over oh, here. I wanted to be her. <laughs> mm. Oh, you hit on stuff now. <laughs> I know what was going. You on Irene Cara? All I saw was Heather Hunter. I don't know what. The uh, hell see, I knew where he was going. Right, was right. Like, when you said that, I was like, oh wait a minute. See, I was making it sad. <laughs> no. Anyway, <laughs> soon enough you'll be able to see this somewhere right. on Facebook Live, ladies and gentlemen. I told you, right fame, fame kept me out of New York. Fame uh, kept me out of New York. Leroy couldn't read, and <laughs> Irene Carrot was about to enter the world of really, really <laughs> low-class pornography. Oh, I learned so much, though. I said, I love Leroy, but Leroy wouldn't have loved me. No, Leroy. I, 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 I developed a consciousness all around that real quick. It's strange, too, how when you see it, you didn't notice it. And then you just thought he, you know, he liked to be liberated. <laughs> I'm a fan of Big Thighs and Corn Rose, oh. But it went a whole different direction. You know, the weird thing, yeah, so was he. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> This is going downhill fast <laughs> Well those dulcet tones that you're laughing to Ladies and gentlemen Are the are the tones of our guest Yes The vibe mistress of Soul Sanctuary Herself It is Stephanie Renee here on the yes. Michelle Hi, Mission folks. Welcome 
Welcome, welcome, welcome. And Stephanie, she she's not just brought uh, her her joyful laughter. She has also brought a film for us to review, ladies and gentlemen. It is from the year 2000. And Hill Harper and Nicole, Nicole Ari, Ari Parker, Parker. Uh-huh. and Larry, Larry Gilliard. Gilliam. Yes. Gilliard. Gilliard, yes. In Loving Jezebel. A very independent romantic comedy that will be reviewed tonight on the Michelle Mission. But first. But first. As always, we have to get into some of the feedback that we've gotten from each and every one of you that follows us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And also likes us in our Michelle Mission Facebook group. Yes. Where there was an interesting question that was posed that garnered a lot of response. Um, what was your first black movie? Yes. Now it's a good question. It is. A, it is a very good yeah. question because I answered. Um, I answered. I'm pretty sure I answered Uptown Saturday Night, right? Yes. But as I as I thought about it later on, I realized that while Uptown Saturday Night probably was the first black film that I saw, right. I don't I know that I consciously didn't watch it and it didn't register me on me that oh I'm watching black people. I just saw a comedy that I was just busting out laughing on, you right, know what I'm saying? Right, right. But I think the first black film that I saw that hit me consciously, oh god, that's like my life, my people, you know, looking at me mm-hmm. on the screen was coolly high. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I thought about that after I answered. That's a good one. I That's didn't go back one. and correct it. Right, right. I actually was Uptown Saturday Night. Uptown Saturday Yeah, and I loved Uptown. Uptown. Oh, I love it. No, too. no, no. I mean, as a black person, like I joked a second ago, like fame kept me out of New York because it looked insane. I really wanted to grow up and live in the Uptown Saturday Night world. Really? Like I wanted, you, you know, you had a church picnic and... I wanted to go to Madame Zenobia's and, mm. and you know, and gamble and, and, you know, get into little misadventures. And I wish that there were private detectives in the neighborhood. Like, I loved everything. <laughs> Who wants private detectives? Uptown says on night. the corner. Detectives I, were cool. Yeah, up, it was so much hey. more entertaining than my black world. I was like, I live in a boring black world, apparently. Oh, you needed my father. <laughs> your okay. father? What's so special about your father, Stephanie? <sighs> My father knew everybody in nice. DC, which was nice for entertainment when you are observing things. Right, right. It uh, is not nice when you are a out in the street doing things you're not supposed to, and everybody like, mm. and everybody had my dad's number. So you know, it was there was no way I could lie right. about being someplace I wasn't supposed to be doing something I wasn't supposed to do. But it was very entertaining just to see the spectrum of humanity right, right, that right. my father interacted with throughout his life in D.C. and that I got to vicariously experience being his baby girl. Right, right. So I'm just, you know. Mm. She, but she ain't telling those stories, though. No. Oh, she just, oh, it, oh, I got – real quick. Uh-uh. Uh, high school. Okay. 
I was uh, preparing for, I think we had a choir concert. So my father actually brought me to school that day and was just going to hang out until we had whatever this performance was. Right. And so coming in, normally I was there early because I was clarinet captain of the marching band. So we had practice in the mornings. But this day I came in normal time with everybody else and had to come in a different entrance. And so our... um, Security guy, main security guy, was this big dude mm. named Jack. Right, N- named Jack. A, Jack. Jack would sit on a stool, you know, and kind of speak to people as they were coming in the door, and everybody right, kind right. of check folks out. No, this was before uh, gun like uh, yeah, alarms. The, right, yeah, right, right. The metal detectors became the norm. Right, and all that. right, right. Well, you had Jack, but we had Jack. Right. Yeah, and Jack was a known pimp. Nice. Not as in a title, as in hose on the stroll type situation. Right, like, right. you know, this was. Make your next choice your best choice. It, exactly. All of that. And so <laughs> we're approaching the door, and Jack is on his stool. And I see Jack go, lean in, <laughs> lean back, <laughs> down, back up. Mac? Now, my last name is McNeil. Mm. So Mac is a was a standard greeting for my right, father. Right, right, right. And he said, ah. "We get closer." And he go, "Wait, wait, wait. That's you?" Referring to me. He said, "Yeah, my father to him. Oh, this is my baby." And he said, "Oh, belly." <laughs> <laughs> and my father turns and looks at me and I'm like, "What? What?" Not me, like nothing. He said, "Oh, don't worry, she's a good girl." And my father, you know, so then, mm. then, then, then they had their moment. So I'm watching my father, that I know was a worldly man, interacting with the pimp, like long lost, you know, oh, yeah. style greetings, right, right. brother handshakes, else. right. And I just looked and put my head down and walked in the door. I'm like, because whatever they're ha- whatever conversation they are having right now. Is too grown for me. Right. Th- exactly. Th- that's the part of my father I don't want or probably need to know. That's, that's a real yeah. grown conversation. Exactly. Yes. So where we left off, Stephanie, what was, um, if you remember, your first black movie? Yes. In fact. <sighs> the first designated black film. I would. Pr- it probably was The Wiz. Oh, which was wow. a very popular choice yeah. from, from uh, the people. Yeah. A lot of them decided the whiz. Do you yeah. remember, like, you remember how how old you were or where you were when you first saw the whiz? And it had well, it would have been elementary school. The whiz was seventy seven or seventy eight. Seventy eight, I believe. So that would have been third grade. Okay. Okay. Wow. Cool. All right. Yeah. And are you still a yes, fan I'm of the whiz? Tool. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Guess that just makes us ancient. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer seasoned. <laughs> okay, we'll take season. Um, so did you see it in the Hi, movies? Hmm? Did you see it in the movies? I would have had to. Right, right. And she saw it then in seventy eight. Now who? I was going to say. Now who took me? Would have been the that might have been a Jack? family outing. <laughs> no. Let's <laughs> see. You got to understand. My my father, um, as he was a mature man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, when Jesus. I was when I was younger, um, took did all kinds of things that were not age appropriate around me and 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 you know like oh, kind of taking mm-hmm. me out into the world, 
And so the the whiz was that that fine line because our bond our bonding thing was music. Like right, you know, right, right. everybody okay. in my family was musical, but for my father, we could you know kind of that was a common language that we could use. So, you know, with the whiz being the whiz. Right. And, you know, and me being a huge fan of Quincy Jones production. At that was probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Wow. I like that. Okay. Sitting in there listening to the dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And, 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 uh, well, the Jackson 5 Dancing Machine album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is why I say I know the the common the common uniter was Quincy Jones production. Patty Austin's "Do You Love Me?" Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. And so you know that was the realm that I was operating in when I realized that that man's name was on all of these records the that, that I loved. Like. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's a genius, and I need to like sit with that. Right, right, all right, so, yeah, all right. Yeah, what, what's happened to that genius lately? He's oh, he apologized. Did he really? Yeah. I didn't see that. He oh did yeah, Kadada, Kadada, and Rashida. I was about to say his girls came and got him. Yes, kind of gripped him up and mm-hmm. said, "Yo, Daddy, that really wasn't cool." And he said that his girls helped him realize that he had a moment of word vomit. Yes, and it was not uh, thoughtful right. about living folks' feelings. True, mm-hmm. and he. Just he he did not deny anything he said. He just said that it was probably not appropriate to share it all so much of it at one time and perhaps not with a reporter. Right. You know, that could be cocktail chat. You know, it it could be it could be shared in other ways. That just but it was woo. Old woo, crazy black lick you, lick you. Old crazy black man is actually my favorite flavor <laughs> of black man. Yes, Me too. Is. Like old oh, crazy only and then someone like Quincy Jones. Like I feel like they waste an opportunity with Quincy Jones. Mm. Like I would have asked about the aliens. Because you know he knows. Like you know Quincy Jones he knows actually everything. knows things. Yes. Well he mentioned didn't he mention Area 51? He did. In, yes, he did. He in, did. In the, yes. In in this, if you all have not been to Vulture.com to read this interview. I hope oh, it's still yeah. up. Please go. Yeah. It is. Oh, it it's is, still up. It is something. Yeah. They ain't going to take that thing I know. down. I know. Vulture, shoot. Quincy is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> they are not taking that thing <laughs> down. I think they are having it made into bullbugs. I know. I know. <laughs> Did you read what Quincy said? Vulture.com. <laughs> 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 right, right. I have a link right up there. Just go click the billboard. That's right. Um, How, you leaned out of the frame. I'm sorry. Because uh, I, I have to keep checking the story. I'm, right. I apologize. I apologize. I, sorry. <laughs> um, it, 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 I think it's become, almost at least what it will be for the next few months, that when we have a guest on here, we have to ask them, you know, their thoughts or, or their experience with Black Panther. Black Panther, as you all heard on the Tribbles podcast by now. Oh, that's right. Because um, you want to spoil Tribbles. Yes. Um, wow. I, I, I have said everybody, everybody, especially our elders, mm-hmm. need to see it. Because unlike some of the other films that people write off as being very generational, Right, right. In terms right. of how you see it, because of the village dynamic or the tribal dynamic that is engaged and what it says about family and what it says about preservation of culture, mm-hmm. there's a point of entry 
yeah, for, for everybody, everybody yeah. yes. who goes to see it. And so if the elders see it, then it prompts an a, opportunity to have meaningful conversations with young people about rites of passage, about traditions, mm-hmm. about uh, leadership. Right. And all these other things that they might find very difficult to engage otherwise. So I love it, love it, love it. All right. Was there one lasting um, image from the film that has stayed with you? The Dora Milaje. Mm. I want woman warrior training. Mm. I would love to know how to wield a spear mm. that way. I have no problem cutting off all my hair. I've right. done it several times already. Um, and the fact that it's that they are based on an actual group yeah, of women warriors right. from Tanzania. Yeah. So the the that there is cultural tradition in it. It's not just for the optics. Right. And, right. and you know, and for the fascination of it. Like this is historically based. And I just think that, you know, we spend so much time trying to get our little girls to think of themselves as pretty. Mm-hmm. Right. Um and I would like us to spend more time training our girls to think of themselves as fierce. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, it's a great vehicle for that. All right. It certainly is. Yes, it is. Well on its way to one billion. Yes, nine hundred million as of mm-hmm. yesterday. Oh what? Nine hundred million as mil- of yesterday. As and, of yesterday. And it has not opened in China. Or Japan. Or Japan. Yeah. Ooh, oh, so man. yeah, it's gonna it's gonna keep it's gonna keep on All rolling. Right. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, 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 mm. All right. All right. Well, well thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And um, there's a lot, a lot of feedback happening here in the Facebook group, ladies and gentlemen. Some fool asked a question about, you know, why is there this myth about Richard Pryor having good movies still a thing? <laughs> yes. Some fool, just a provocateur, <laughs> just wanted to throw a hand grenade in the midst of <laughs> all of us who were gathered. Yeah. I, Who could that have been? I have no idea. Is he talking about Richard Pryor's narrative films? Yes. Yes. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> if if your first point... <laughs> I'm sorry, Rain, if you see this, you know I love you. Um, I, I mean, if his first point of entry was the toy... <laughs> or, or, or how Bruce, you go right to or the Brewster's toy. Millions, yes. or you know, there's more than a few to go to, man. right? That I'm saying, but I mean, you know, if if it was Harlem Nights, or we we ha- there, there are things on other ends of the spectrum. Are that, those movies that he's in? Are those Richard Pryor movies though? So he ha- he would have to be the lead he's, character, he's starring Richard Pryor, and then the movie starts. I like which way is up. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know, any of them. <laughs> Look, I like I need to go to IMDb yeah. and like read down the list yeah. and go, okay. Mm, yeah, you, you're right. Because a lot of people caped up for uh, Blue Collar. Blue Collar. And he's he's in Blue Collar. I was going to say. One of the stars who? of Blue Collar? Yeah, but he's he's in it. He's not oh, that's the interesting. man. interesting. You wouldn't call that a Richard Pryor movie. I think it's a Richard Pryor movie, but I don't think he is. I think he's more the co-star. I know he's in okay, it. Okay, fair I know enough. He's in it. So kind of a stir crazy, but a situation. Yeah. Okay, right, That's fair. Uh, right, okay, right. And exactly, stir crazy is a good good one because a lot of people see stir crazy as a Man, Gene Wilder. You are you are the disembodied oh. hand. Hey, hey, hey! I've had, I, I, I got to <laughs> remember the Facebook Live is happening. Well, I don't want. I'm, I'm literally in Vince's lap. 
And you know, that's I'm trying to slide it back. Right, right, right. Without falling off the I'm table, so that we're all here. But okay. Vince is not. Um, <laughs> it's true. You know, I have space issues. <laughs> See, I do. Shoulder to shoulder, we lean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna talk about Richard Pryor later. <laughs> yes, yes, we'll yes. Do, when we get on a Richard, when we actually do a Richard yeah, Pryor movie, we're gonna movie. have to do a Richard Pryor movie sooner than <laughs> yeah. later. I can't believe we're on like episode one hundred and two. I was gonna I say, I was like, I'm beyond one hundred, right? I like, know. how did? Okay, we haven't done. A, have we, we done? We've, but we've, we've done a movie that he was we've in. We've done a movie that he. We've done a couple that he's in. Which one? I think Bingo Long, and he was in Uptown mm-hmm. Saturday Night. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that was it. But car wash, not car wash. We haven't done car wash. Okay. Oh, that makes us suspect. We have- no, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just. Oh. I'm We're thinking about where every you are, black film. Where you are in the yeah, right. We're building. Okay. Because right. every black film we ever made, we can't start episode number one. Do the right thing. We, well, you could. Well, you could. But you I'm could. just saying. You know. It's, yeah. Right. Yes. Right, right. You know. Do the right li- thing. Episode one. Episode two. Soul plane. Yeah. I was it's gonna say. A- yeah. We lift as we climb. Right. Exactly. There you go. There you go. And uh, speaking of climbing, yes, it is time for us to now climb into the Wayback Machine and journey back to the year 2000. <laughs> I had 1999. It was made in, two, in 1999, okay, but it was it, released it in 2000. 2000. Okay. And I didn't see it till it came out on DVD. Okay. And no one else did it. <laughs> We're talking about Loving Jezebel. Yes. Do you in real life see you? Trying to figure that out. An adventuresome Romeo looking for love finds trouble. I don't care if a woman is black, brown, yellow, green, or the poster child for vanilla. I just want to be with a woman who I love. Throughout his life, Theo has loved all kinds of women, and they've loved him. Nina's on the phone. She is? Isn't she Steven's girlfriend? Problem is, they're already taken. I spent my whole life loving Jezebels. Don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. Who said, any, who said anything about killing? But that hasn't stopped this lovable rogue in his pursuits. You told me that you were a virgin. I felt like one. Do I look like the type that's going to sleep with my best friend's girls? You are the type. I'd like Sally since the first time I'd seen her with Marquez. From time to time, in the middle of art history class, I'd think of her face instead of the Mona Lisa's. She really liked it when I told her that. <laughs> Francis was an acting student who I had a crush on when I was 10 years old. But don't let me drink too much, okay? Because I might lose control. <laughs> Let's lose control. Mona rejected more sex from a fingernail than most women do from their entire body. Would you ever want to touch me? Mona. I think about you touching me. You know I've been sleeping with Nacho, don't you? What? You took advantage! Come on, she came on to me! You only want what you can't have. Theo now wants the love that's eluded him his entire life. Cappuccino. Sure, sure, whatever. Cappuccino, mochaccino, clap, clap, rappuccino. If it ends in Eno, I want it. <laughs> uh, anything that ends in Eno. My wife says you're a hell of a guy. Married. That kind of thing doesn't seem to stop you. And his chase could get him killed. Kill us both if we ever did anything like that. I'm bad luck, okay? Everything I touch turns to oatmeal. Is that, is that what you want? Huh? A life turned to soggy-ass oatmeal with no raisins and spice? 
I love you, Chris. Look what you do me. To find love, you must first find yourself. Do you want a real life for you? Only. Hill Harper, Laurel Holloman, Sandrine Holt, Nicole Ari Parker, and Felicia Rashad star in a new film from a fresh voice in cinema. Writer director Quinn Bader. The hilarious romantic comedy. I don't have sex. Huh? Do you have sex? Well, not, not as often as I'd like. Loving Jezebel. <laughs> Loving Jezebel. Yes. <clears throat> One cannot spend a whole lifetime loving and chasing Jezebels and expect to escape unscathed. That's the price. Theodorius Melville. Yes. Yes. Yeah, let's just hang on that. (laughs) Yes, Fedorius Melville. Fedorius Melville has to pay for something he never went looking for, but that came to him. All he ever wanted was someone to call his own, but God cursed him with other men's women. It's what put him in his present predicament. Now a husband of one of the Jezebels wants to kill Theo in Loving Jezebel, a film that came out, produced in 1999. Released in 2000 by BET Pictures and Universal Focus, starring Hill Harper, Nicole Ari Parker, Laurel Holloman. I was going to say a whole lot of other people you won't know. Well, Larry Hilliard. Hilliard, yes. Know him from Walking Dead. John and and, and and The Wire. The Wire. And from The Wire. I was going to say, people will know him from The Wire first. That's true. Or Straight Out of Brooklyn. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we reviewed Straight Out of Brooklyn. Yes. So, do people know him from other places too? (laughs) Yes. She's just going to check me. Uh, excuse me, like the wire. Well, that's because I never watched The Walking Dead. So <laughs> that's part of it. I know he's on there, but that's I'm part here. of it. John Doman is a, a, a noted character actor in, in these days, and Felicia Rashad. Yeah, Felicia well, I was going to say, but John is John Doman the one that's also, also from, the, from wire. the Wire. That's right. He was also in The Wire. Yes. yes. Yeah. More recently seen on Gotham. Oh, okay. Which I don't watch. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn's here to watch all these shows <laughs> that we don't watch. <laughs> like, we just have different we have like, different frames of reference. Like, all right, I just remember from The Wire. I mean, I mean it's good they're still working. <laughs> Everybody from The Wire works. All right, right, right they all right. work. Listen, they just they all work. That casting director <laughs> right. was like, yes. 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 They just don't work places that we've seen. Yeah, right. no. no, that's not true. What? Anyway, yes. this film, directed by Quinn Bader, um, is the selection of Stephanie Renee yes. of the Soul Sanctuary. She brought this to us. It's one of my favorite independent films. I, I think okay. I was on a mission at, at one point in my life to go back and trace all of the independent films that Hill Harper was in. Okay. Okay. And so th- that's kind of, you know, how it came into my world. But I was so pleasantly surprised by this film. Really? Yes. So so first of all, wh- why were you on this mission to uh, relive the filmography of Hill Harper? Because on television shows, when Hill Harper's cast, it's, you know, it's a very sort of straightforward and not mm-hmm. to say that he hasn't had, you know, um, opportunities to kind of elevate his his presence you know Mm -hmm. the long-standing stint with csi new york and you know some of these other things it's been great but with the independent films he has fun okay and he steps into characters in a different kind of way and so it it just you know kind of tickled me and i'm from dc so half plenty is one of my favorite things ever. and so you know after love 40 baby (gasps) 
being able we, to. We did, we did have plenty. That's my line too. See, you know. 40 ounces of love exactly you got you got to you know explore and see what else he's doing when he's not in you know more of these network based you know kind of straight laced roles right and you know another one of my favorites is love sex and eating the bones but you know Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so loving jezebel within the hill harper indie film situation i just thought was really fun Mm -hmm. and it was just a way to get to see him you know kind of sort of poke fun at the idea of how romantic love is portrayed in films and to be able to move in and out of these ethnic spaces that we tended to kind of wrap our arms around. I mean, just think about 99, 2000 was after love Jones. That's right. That's right. So, you know, we had set kind of a bar and a standard for what we thought young black love should look like right. and feel like on film. Shout out to Theodore Witcher because it, you know, that was my life then. Um, but, you know, this one kind of poked fun at that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, sort of challenged us to think about it in a very different way. Everything doesn't have to have a strictly black context. Everything doesn't have to be so all or nothing serious. Like the passion of, of Love Jones, I think, got traded for a little more whimsy. Okay. In, right. and okay. in loving Jezebel. And that's one of the reasons why I love it, too. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay, cool. What about you, Vince? I saw this film... Close to when it came out, like mm-hmm. probably 2000, certainly no later than 2001. And I think what the way I think about this film is, you know, how something that you loved when it first came out mm-hmm. and it didn't necessarily age that well. But there are still aspects like like I went through a, a period with um, Buckshot LaFunk, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's like Branford Marsalis, yes. hip hop, jazz. And, and like I was, oh, it is the future of music. And then you kind of go back and you listen to it, and it's like, oh yeah, maybe not. It's like, but you know, it's still where you first but, heard Frank but McComb. It, it, and, exactly, it had elements. It, it has some really interesting parts to it still. <laughs> no, no, seriously, black. If you have never heard that Buckshot LaFunk album, right. listen to it. It, well, Frank McComb, I love. Right. So you can listen to it for Frank McComb, but you can also listen to it for Lady of Rage, mm, yeah, who we right. knew from Afro Puffs mm-hmm. doing a swing hip hop number that's called right. Black Widow. That's right. Awesome. So kind of like you I actually came to Hill Harper like this first. Like this is how I knew Hill Harper. Oh, OK. You know, I knew him. He was, you know, kind of funky. Really, you know, you pick some really interesting sort of projects. Mm-hmm. Everything you named. Um, also have to shout out Premium Blend, which which has um <laughs> yes, w- which starred our, our very good friend Dorian Missick. Mm-hmm. So you know, but like you, I kind of like Dorian. Dorian, I like um Hill Harper in this. I think Nicole Airy Parker is like she's another one that that yep. she was in some really kind of funky movies at this moment and and kind of like you with hill harper when she got the job on soul food mm-hmm. i was happy for because i knew that was going to be a good check yeah but at the same time you know it's a much more kind of straight ahead mainstream mainstream right performance i love 90s new york like i love this depiction of mm-hmm. of the city right before 9-11 well before 9-11 absolutely mm-hmm. and then when things the, the regentrification hit so that you could actually have these sort of poor creatives that mm-hmm. weren't trust fund kids. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you know, yes. actually living this life. I think, I, I think this film has, you know, when you talk about not being in, in exclusively black spaces, mm-hmm. I think it has this really strange racial dynamic to it. Yeah. Where, you know, it is mostly black men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, besides Nicole Airy Parker, mm-hmm. it's mostly, well, not even mostly, it's all non-black women. Well, I was going to say, but the the uh, the island girl, the crazy one. Right, right. The, the she, I was like, she's at least partially black. Right, right. Yeah. But it's kind of ambiguous. It's like Prince yeah. Black. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> Prince, like, she's like Prince Girl Black. Where you kind of look at it and you squint your eyes. When, when you when you when you see the film, right. for those of you who have not seen right. it, you will understand precisely why he said that. Yeah, she's Apollonia Black. Right. It's a it's a it's it's you you question and we t- we talk about this whole idea of racial ambiguity now being right. being the thing. Right. Like in commercials and all kinds of things, you're just supposed to see beige folks and go, okay. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't need to know backstory. Felicia Rashad has this kind of off well I love non Claire Huxtable Felicia Rashad yes because you get this off kilterness to her mm-hmm. where it's like clearly this is Felicia Rashad clearly she's this iconic presence but she's not playing Claire Huxtable right right so you know it's like she's in this interracial relationship you, you know it's never commented on it which never, I like which I yeah. like it's never a deal and then she has this kind of weird off kilter relationship with her son <laughs> that no one ever really that 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 mother son girlfriend boyfriend right, right. kind of feeling you're like that's a little like, odd is, this is a little odd so <laughs> i am also a fan of this film i don't think it necessarily ages that well it's funny you know it comes on it actually does the 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 freeze frame and you know i guess you're wondering how i got here <laughs> which has turned into such a cliche but this is one of the first films i saw utilize yeah that narrative trick so you know i'm a, I, I like i like premium blend a lot but we didn't review, <laughs> we didn't premium. review premium. <laughs> i like loving just i'm so busy trying to get to you lynn so what'd you think lynn of loving jezebel yes well um <clears throat> This film, look, I don't like this movie. Okay. Um, I didn't like, I liked very little of this movie. But one of the main things that I did not like about this movie was Hill Harper. Hmm. And because I found, I, and I wanted to give him a pass because I know this is fairly early in his career, in mm-hmm. 1999, mm-hmm. Right. But when I look back on his filmography, he had done Get Off the Bus before this. Yeah. And I loved Get Off the Bus. I like Hill Harper mm-hmm. in Get Off the Bus. On. Get on the bus. Yes. Get on the bus. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Well, apparently. Spike, got, if you haven't seen it. Right, right. Yes. Apparently he got off the bus because he hasn't done anything <laughs> worth watching since. And that's my opinion. No, I no, apologize. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I heard this love story for Hill Harper <laughs> that was happening here. And I, I, I'm sorry to once again be the, the damager of <laughs> dreams. But this movie cemented my feelings in my heart that I just don't like Hill Harper as an Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jaquise Neal and Edgar Montplacier. 
Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top 5s like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? Vince, with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Actor. Okay, why? Because I find that he has one speed. It's very stilted. It's a little slow. He mumbles. Romance, love. That's the whole movie, regardless of what the scene is called for. And this is a film that, while the story doesn't age well, you're right, Vince. The whole whole idea of the film, you know, where everybody on, on Earth that uh, has, you know, estrogen in their pores is attracted to this man, including his mother, which is really, which is, it's weird and it's twisted, but you can have fun with that. Right. You can have fun with that. If you have a leading man who will lead, lean in on it, he doesn't at all. And I don't believe he knows how. There are opportunities where he's trying to show physical comedy. There's opportunities where he's trying to have, like, you know, wordplay with the dialogue. There are some jokes that he's trying to deliver with, with, with the dialogue. They all fall flat when coming from the mouth of Hill Harper. And it is, um, and while the script, you know, is a first time script by Quinn Bader, you know, it's nothing to write home about because mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of cliches in it. You can hear the difference when there is anyone with a, 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 a smidgen of talent saying the lines. When Larry Gilliard comes onto the screen, he's only on the, in the movie for about three, four se- yeah. scenes. He steals every moment he's on the film. Every single moment, he, he, he steals it because he's a talented actor. He has, he has range in what he's delivering. You feel for his character immediately. When... Um, the, the, when uh, Felicia Rashad, who they obviously have tapes on, that's the only reason why she's in this movie. <laughs> that's um, not nice. No, I'm sorry, but God bless her. She's she's working it. She's not Claire Huxtable, like no. you said. Mm-hmm. She's trying to have fun in it. The unfortunate part about it is that all of her scenes are against Hill Harper, who is giving her nothing back. You feeling all this ickiness and weirdness from her? He's giving her nothing back. But blah, 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 but ma. you do realize that we're talking about the same woman who had to play opposite Diddy in a Raisin in the Sun for TV, right? Yes, yes, I I understand that. I understand that completely. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that this she's been in this position since before. <laughs> I mean, she's been here before just, because Diddy in place of Sidney Poitier just. Just oh, you know, no, Diddy, uh, don't, don't allow allow don't, yourself don't to, to just yourself. just you know meditate yeah. on that for a moment. I never actually saw it. 
Ooh. I never actually like I I knew what, what that was going to be going in. I said, oh no. No, 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 no. Well, unfortunately, I knew what this was going to be going in, but I went in with an open mind trying to take the, you know, breathe from it what I could. I think you're hard on Hill Harper. No, I'm not. Hill Harper is not. Okay. If you want to say I'm hard on Hill Harper, that's No, in this film. Well, no, then you're wrong. Because Hill Harper (laughs) is, he is, there is, he does absolutely nothing good in this I think film. He, is he can't funny in either, the high school scene. There yes. is absolutely no, he's not. He is very he's he, he's not fun. the reason why he's not funny is because most of his films, most of most of the scenes in this in this movie he's he's with a woman. He has zero chemistry with any of the women that he is acting against. See Okay, so and and I accept this, and this is not. I don't take any of this personally. Before I I, I chime in to kind of be a Hill Harper cheerleader, yes, no, because <laughs> what I think is really funny about uh, about how you're describing this is because dudes like Hill Harper exist everywhere around me, and so that's that's what I think we part of what I like about his characterization and the way the character is written in this piece Mm -hmm. is that he's not super attractive because he's the idealized dude. Right. And he's not um, super attractive to these women because he's the, you know, kind of dog style dude. Right. He is so milquetoast. And they're like, that's better than this other crap that I'm dealing with on the dating scene. Like, I'm making a conscious decision to pour some energy into you because I don't think you'll purposely hurt me. And I don't think you'll purposely go out there and do some jacked up mess. Like, this is this is where I'm framing my romantic possibilities around a dude like you. Because a dude like you works in my world compared to some of this other stuff that I may have previously chased after that was has been absolutely no good for me. And you seriously feel like the characters in this movie are giving that off when they are dealing with with Theo Melville? <laughs> I, I think it's kind of in the title, though. Like he says, loving Jezebel. Like these are all women that quote unquote belong to other men. Yeah. So these are women who are making a decision to step outside of what is, you know, moral and right. So I agree. Like I because he's not an aggressor. Because like these the women are all the aggressor. But it's not about it's not a it's okay. Okay. The women are the aggressor. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they see something milk toast in this guy, and that's why they're going after him. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mild fair enough. Mannered and you know, sort of fair enough. Honest. Mm-hmm. And, okay, right. Even though they all call him on his BS, yeah. But nevertheless, yes. The, but so that's what they're they're going after. Yes. Fine. That's what they're doing. Once they get there, there is zero electricity. On the screen but, between them. And I don't mean electricity like some, like all of a sudden the sparks have to be popping. You have to at least see that, you have to see in their eyes that there is some type of attraction for him. But see, and I it think, does not but, show. But, but, I, but I don't see, for, again, for me, 
part of the thing with this dude is that you got to under he's his the the underlying premise of what he's saying in this film is why do I attract these women? And then why do they basically end up leaving me too? It's not, it's not, it's not just about them coming. It's he's, he's a, he's a, he's a dip away from the nonsense that they have had previously, but he's so not together. He's so random. Yeah. But you're talking about, he attracts these women. He, he goes after some of all of these women too. He goes after them as well. Yeah, but, it's not like he's turning them but down. He's the dude you would normally laugh at. Like you can't be serious. Like because we don't have chemistry or whatever else. But again, in a moment where you're you're not happy where you are, and this is right there throwing itself at you, like what you know you need to be with me. And there's something sort of lost puppyish and tender about him. It happens all the time. Like, I think what you're doing, and I can ride with you on this, like, let's just be real. This dude is the kind of dude you don't like. Like, we don't like this dude. What do you mean? Like, just as men, we don't like this dude. Like, we see... This is, this is this not a dude you would dude. want around your woman. And this is not a dude we'd want to... Like, I will grant you this. I don't under... Like, I didn't understand... Like, we talk about male friendships to people. Mm-hmm in films of like i don't understand how the men in his life are his friends now you want to talk remain about, his friends right but no, but no, that's why remain. the fat but that's why the fashion designer dude had that moment with right. him like i didn't understand why larry Gil- gilliard was friends with him in the in the first, first place. place that's true true mm-hmm. so that's what i get from you, you know oh well this dude is but I absolutely believe that these, like, like all of these romantic entanglements, which all end badly. You want to talk about unreal? I do think the end was unrealistic. Oh yeah, with the with, completely with the, with, him with, and the, the, with woman, the husband, and, and they the, run yeah, off and yeah. they find love. No, like, but up until her, I I believed every every <laughs> one of these situations. <laughs> Lynn is very not. He's not happy no, about this. That's, that's, I just don't see it. I right. mean, I'm sorry. And, and and like again, maybe I see it with a better actor. He is just so one note in this film. There's like there's I understand that he's not supposed to come off as the most charismatic type of person. Mm-hmm. I peep that. You know, unfortunately, I've seen him when he's supposed to be come off as charismatic and he ain't he, he he can't do that either. So I'm fine with him not having ca- charisma. You, you real disrespectful of love. <laughs> no, I'm putting it exactly, forty ounces of love. love. Man, I'm putting exactly where it needs to be. Um, I'm sorry, but <laughs> but he just. I love that movie. I just find I just find his acting to be just so nothing, and and I it, it just doesn't do anything for me draw me in he doesn't even like you're saying like he's the type of dude that i i would hate i felt nothing for him so i didn't even feel hate for him you know what i mean because he he wasn't giving he wasn't giving me nothing nothing at all he is just just he's not milk toast he's he's not he's he's not you don't think he has any film any 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 i don't think he has any presence at all well certainly not in this film Okay, right. I'm not going to say in no films. I've yet to see the film, but I'm not going to say in in 
none of his films. Uh, and I shouldn't say I, it, not in any of his films because I did, like I say, I liked him in Get on the Bus. Yeah. You know? Um, and I, uh, in the back of my mind, there's something else that he was in that I, I, I didn't mind him in as well. Um, I think he shows up at the end. Um, but, yeah. Now he got game. No, no, it wasn't he got game. I liked him and he got game. Well, see, part of, okay, so part of the other thing about this that maybe I can't turn off real life in the back of my head when I watch certain things is also understanding that Hill Harper has been playing teenagers well into his mature man years. Okay. So yeah. there, there's also kind of a level of a watching some of these things and going for real. I mean, like, even he got game. He was, what, 40? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing a high schooler. That's yeah. true. Now, he's a little dude, but that's not even it. Like, just the whole, the, 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 to me, that's another aspect of it, of how he shows up on, in, in films. Right. That is kind of fascinating to me. So all these movies that we're talking about now, Get on the Bus, um, uh, He Got Game, and Loving Jezebel, these were all after, Law school with Obama. Right. Also put that kind of put that in your head, too. So, you know, there there's a something in that probably also infiltrates how I think of seeing his performances on screen. Like, you know, everybody can't do that. Move in and out of of that space um, and interact. I think he comes off as very intelligent. Like, I think that comes through. I think I will grant you that when we, on the screen, on the screen, like, like I will grant you when we talk about and, and certainly when we talk about actors and, and frankly, black actors, he doesn't necessarily take up space mm-hmm. like like we talk like, you know, we were just talking about Black Panther and, you know, whether you're talking about Chadwick Boseman no, no. or, you no, know, completely, you different. know, Michael Bay, Jordan. Michael B. Jordan or, or, or Winston Duke, who's, you know, the breakout. Oh Lord! I, I, I just had to look. At, that was no, the I look, just had to look from when I was sitting next to you her in the moment. screening. Yeah. It was that exact same right. look right. that you her and Ariel had. Yeah, I just mm. like these are, <laughs> these are actors who t- who fill up space. Yes, they do. And I don't. <laughs> she said, "Yes, they do." I was like, "He does." If nobody else does, he does. And I have a space. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see. He said it. I right. And I don't. And and I don't think Hill Harper has ever been in that lane. No. Okay. And and you know I think like I've always liked him as a character actor. Mm-hmm. And I think this is. I will. I will also say this: where I like him as a character actor, but this is a film where he's asked to be the lead. Mm-hmm. And and he's sort of playing the lead in this mode. Which I think also kind of gets in the way. Like when you said he only has one speed. I think that's because he doesn't. There aren't a lot of different tones. Yeah, that he's giving you. Although, I will say I really, really enjoy the storyline with him and Nicole Airy Parker's character. (laughs) I did enjoy that. Like I thought that you guys, like that's actually when he said, at one point he says that she spent a year with him. Yes. Yeah. That's the movie I wanted to see mm-hmm. because, uh-huh. you know, I think she plays this very specific type of woman, mm-hmm. this kind of whirlwind. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But, you know, I, I think a lot of young men have known women like this. And they yes. like it. Yes, they do. They seek it 
out. You this like is a conversation. They, they, I, but this is a conversation I have had with numerous young men yes. that I have taught. Yes. Guys that I used to go out with and yes. we just, you know, we're still good friends. So I talk about choice. You know, we talk about choices and a lot of dudes like crazy. Yeah, they do. They think the sex is better. Wow. And there's some <laughs> dynamic of the interpersonal like interaction that is attractive. I don't get it. I need crazy to stay far. Hello. Well, I think I need crazy to stay far well, away I, from I also me. think that when men date crazy women, they end up having a story. And when women date crazy men, oftentimes there has to be a restraining order. Yes. Involved. So, you know, there's that. There's danger. True. But I, I really like that storyline. And when she left and his his life literally is without color. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I like that a lot. And I thought you saw a different speed with her no what you saw was nicole Ari parker giving her all yes. you know trying to show because i can imagine because this is fairly early in her career as well oh, yeah mm-hmm. so i can imagine uh, you know you know look look the writers on the wall nicole Ari parker is a stunning woman yeah. so you can imagine even at that point the type of roles that she is being cast you know right. coming her way so but she when, had a she had a big curly natural fro in this film mm-hmm. which i loved exactly and you know she's I mean? a good actress and she's right? a, like, she's a good actress so this allows her to not only just you know in in the romantic comedy not to be like you know the the leading woman she can be played crazy you know show some comedic timing and everything right. like that so she is really having fun with that and i think that's what you get from those scenes there's a famous there's a great scene in there where she tackles him <laughs> down to the floor it's oh. wonderful and makes her it makes it makes him literally like you know you are going to stand up and clap for this you know punani yeah. right yeah. uh for to, to just put it in you know uh, yes. you know facebook P- say yeah. a pg13 uh yeah but um and in but in that scene which is Filled and fraught with so many opportunities for great physical and over-the-top wild comedy. She, for the most part, is going for it. She's getting nothing from Hill Harper. And that's why that scene, as great, as memorable as that scene is, does it, it you just I'm watching, waiting for it to really pop. And it can't. Because he is giving her nothing. He doesn't know how to do it. He can't bring it. Wait, are we just talking about the acting? <laughs> I think he's overwhelmed by it. Uh, exactly. And I now, think that's the way it's in that scene, And yeah, in that I scene, I agree. It, it, I don't, it, it doesn't come off. It doesn't, you could be overwhelmed, he, he, but he plays overwhelmed underwhelming. <laughs> You really have to see it. <laughs> you really it, don't. It, 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 no. <laughs> you really, please, please. Three berry pie will never, yes. when you see it in the store yes. after that, you'll just laugh to yeah. yourself. Okay. Okay. For that moment. But you, but it's surrounded by an hour and 10 minutes of just nothing. The only good part about this, two good things about this movie. No, excuse me, because I like Larry Gilliar. I like Nicole Ari Parker. Outside of those two, there are two other good things about this movie. One is when it goes off, 
there is a song they don't know sung by the Construction Brothers, which is pretty typical music of the time. Right, right. Nineties, R and B slash hip hop yeah. mm-hmm. type of vibe. But the singing of it was pretty good, and I actually got into the song. I was like. These construction brothers, and what else have they done? Unfortunately, they haven't done anything else, but they don't know. Well, it's a good enough song, and I downloaded it, and you'll be listening to it at the end of this episode. <laughs> and what's the other thing? That this movie is 120, uh, it, no, excuse me, 87 minutes long. That's the only good part about this. That this is only an hour and just short of a half. That's the only other good thing about this movie because this movie, like you say, once Nicole Ari Parker leaves. Not only is the movie colorless, and why or oh why? It, I understand trying to be artistic, trying yes. to be different. There was absolutely zero reason for this film to all of a sudden go into a black and white scene. It was totally unearned. I, I, I think it, <laughs> it was added nothing to the film. I got when she left. It actually took the color from his life. Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, please. Please. It is. It no, was pretentious. It was, it was so unearned. It, uh... And it was and it was done in it. OK, fair enough. If you do that and you just stay on the. Actually, pretty cool shot of him walking, walking along through New York, walking yeah. through yeah. New York from the back. If you just stay on that, that's fine in the black and white but no and it just cuts to random scenes of people crossing the street for no freaking reason it adds nothing to the storytelling of this movie nothing 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 you see he feel as we I, say I in philly he, it, he feels some kind of way yes, about he that does. so I also think that <laughs> as not, she talks to Vince. No, 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 no. no. This, this is collective. Yeah. That it's not just Nicole Ari Parker leaving his life that takes away color. He sees the vibrancy of what each of these women brought into his life. It's like the big drain comes after the big relationship right. ends. Because there's no way in the world you can say Trini Girl, as crazy as she was, was not yet another like dose of spice or however you want to think about it. Right. And she kept coming and going. Yes. Yeah, but she wasn't the strongest actress either, so she didn't do anything no, for she me. She was just supposed to be pretty you, I, and crazy. I, I was, but, I was yeah, just but, about to but say But her that. crazy didn't resonate because she wasn't a good actress, and therefore I didn't really feel for her except for her just coming in, with, giving the Google eyes, and I'm falling in love with you, Melville or Theo or whatever the hell she was calling. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. I'm done. <laughs> I want to I, I take a minute it's to so talk about the, the, the color dynamics in here because, okay. it, I mean, I think they were striking. Yes. You, you know, this sort of very deliberate kind of transracial casting mm-hmm. and how you you know like i kind of kept track of they they specifically discuss race three times mm-hmm. you know the first time when they're on when he's on campus with larry gilliard and he starts saying something about italian this and italian that and these two black men are talking and theo says when did you become a racist mm-hmm. so the first sort of overt discussion of race is to one black man accusing another black man of being racist. Right. Then at the end, with the woman he ends up being with, she refers to herself as vanilla. Mm-hmm. Which right. now, you know, you know, so now there still isn't any acknowledgement of race 
the way we usually talk about race. But I also where we kind of carry the burden right, of race. Right. But I also think when she she said vanilla, not just because she was white. She said vanilla right, because, because she, compared to all those other crazy chicks that he was with, she was very non-confrontational. Like right. she was she was definitely the vanilla option. She she, yeah. she very much was. And then at one point he references Desdemona from Othello. Yes. Which you know, I always wonder, like, you know, I've never dated a white woman. I always wonder if you're a black man and you're dating a white woman. Like, how often does Othello come up? Because he murdered her. Like, that, I was like, that's a really strange reference to make. Maybe they've never read Othello. So. Well, with, I mean, you know, it's what, <laughs> I, you know, I never, I never thought about that particular point. Right. Um, but. Also, what? But what was it though? He didn't just murder her randomly. He murdered her because of the seeds of jealousy planted exactly. in him, and it turned him crazy. Exactly. So, what's going on with that? What I mean, look at all the crazy he had been with. Look at all you the know, crazy. I, I mean, I think you know. There's a. I, I think the 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 reference in, in that case is sort of the what the hell do I want? Right. You know, why do I keep going after these women that are not free to love me? Right. And what do I want if I get it? Right. Like if if any of them had decided to leave the relationship situation that they had previously been in or whatever else to legitimately be with him, would he have been happy? Well, and I was going to ask, how long do you think they stay together? Not long. Right. I, I think I they think got it's to the good. other side of the park. They got to the other <laughs> She was barefoot. You had to see it. Playing she, in the fountain. She took her shoes off in the middle of Central Park. I was like, ooh, you're going to get a rash. <laughs> seem like a that would be the least that That's she's going to get. Like a, a rash. <laughs> she barefoot. I'm going to have to stop at a Rite Aid or something. That's that's no good. Rite Aid. She's going to go to the CDC. <laughs> Quarantine. So... So Lena said his piece. Lena, Lena, he, he has. He has no more. He I'm has, done. He has no more to contribute. <laughs> Got Jack else to say about that? <laughs> Except I can't believe that you recommended this film. I the I like it for all of the reasons I like that too. I that I have described. I like the, it. This is not this is not medicine for melancholy. So if we if we talk about no. storytelling right. and relationships, I can I can name probably at least 25 other movies mm-hmm. that I think challenge us relative to dynamics and relationships and everything else. This is the lighthearted um sort of question your choices m- movie for me. But you said with that- with, with pretty people and chuckles and all the other things. This is this is not a this is not a challenging film. This for me is sort of a rainy day flicking through Netflix. Oh, let me just you know let me spend some time and just and and just check it out. And it left me smiling at the end. Mm-hmm. I actually really like the scenes of him as the black guy in the suburbs. Like, I really like that whole little sequence and, and, you know, sort of the specificity of it with the retainer and the kind of jackleg um, nachos <laughs> and the passing the notes and the bike. Like, I thought yeah. there was something, you know, this is something that Netflix would make a whole series out of. 
this sort of black guy in the suburbs with these weird parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think I will grant you that again. I don't think Hill Harper has the presence to really hold it together like another actor actor could have. But I do think everything around him is so strong that he's not distracting. Like, I will meet you there. Like, I will meet, that's not even halfway, but maybe a quarter way. I can meet you there. Because I do think that that the Hill Harper that I enjoy the most is Hill Harper, the character actor. And as a modern reference for sort of that, those moments that you just described in the film, for those of you who saw Dope. Oh, yes. So, without the over-the-top drug and sex moment yeah. with that it's that same awkwardness like this yeah. kid this kid who is he he's he's kind of cool in his own way he you know hill harper's character certainly wasn't as smart as the kid in dope but this is this is sort of the i i, I don't know who my crew is or what mm-hmm. that even means like how do how am i a part of something that understands exactly who I am and loves me for that. That's all Hill Harper's character was looking for. He was looking for somebody who genuinely connected with him. And it's like, if you're looking for these people who are in no way compatible with you, I mean, like in no way (laughs) compatible with you, not your friendships and not your romantic relationships either. It's like, you got to know you to know who you actually find kinship with, who you find love with. And his character was handicapped mm-hmm. with that. And I really like Nicole Ari Parker and Felicia Rashad in this. Like, I really like both of their performances. So you would recommend that people see Loving, Je- Loving Jezebel? I actually would, yeah. Yes. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say I didn't tell you. <laughs> Stephanie and Vince <laughs> suggest that you go see Loving. If you can't trust now, Stephanie I was gonna and say, Vince. Now listen, and in the comment section, you are free to continue adding yes. to this discussion. And I'm sure there will be other people who, who you may feel as strong as Len does. Maybe not. But, you know, we're, we're open to the, to the ongoing dialogue. That's Most what, certainly. That's what makes the Michelle mission the Michelle mission. Yes. Yes. Everybody coming down on Len. No, no one's coming down. I know. I know. I'm joking. Oh. I'm joking. Please. Tell our love. Comment on Facebook Live or you can email us at michellemission at gmail.com or like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and all those other places. That's where we be. And how my cousin Steve? What's up, Steve? Steve. <laughs> What's up, Steve? Steve. Steve. I know you ride with me, Steve. <laughs> Steve. Hill Harbor, Right? Right? Yeah, suspect, right? I understand. Steve. See, they don't know, Steve. Me and you, me and you all day, Steve. I see you Saturday, dog. Saturday, brother. I think this means it's a wrap. So, <laughs> so Steph, when, no, we, no, when people want to get in touch with Stephanie yeah. Renee. Well, I, you know, I've been, because we are in podcast land, Yeah, you know, this is a wonderful dialogue around film and trying to get people engaged in seeing us on the screen. Amen. Yes. So for people who want to hear us, hear soulfulness in the things that you listen to, if you are tired of mumble rap, and other uh, so-called innovations in the industry <laughs> um, and would like to just get some good 
music that doesn't always have nice words. Uh-oh. So I just let folks know I do not play edited versions of anything. I hate clean versions of songs. I want you to hear it the way the artist intended. Um, but the Soul Sanctuary Radio podcast, the original Soul Sanctuary Radio, is available on a weekly basis. Uh, we also have a second feature called Building on a Theme that is interviews, conversations with creative other creative folks about the music they listen to that inspires them into their greatest successes and uh, we'll be uh, sitting down with Cy Smith very soon and talking to her Um, our first our debut episode was with Selena Johnson and then we talked to Will Downing so all of that's available and quarterly we do an extended mix um, that is about the change of seasons so that's called Inharmonic and so there's all kinds of features you can go and check out our 16th anniversary of Soul Sanctuary is April 10th so we'll be doing an anniversary mix for that and so all kinds of things so soul-sanctuary.net is where you can get all the scoop about the history of the organization and uh, the podcast is only two years younger than the organization so lots of things to explore come on over add to your downloads listen to some more good stuff all right. Oh, wow. Funky. I know. <laughs> know where I'm going. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Why are we sitting here? Because <laughs> we watching Love and Justice. You <laughs> <laughs> <We> stay mad. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank yes, you for having me. This has been honor fun. and pleasure. <laughs> it's yes, been it's, a lot of fun. It has. And this has in, indeed been an honor. Um, uh, you know, Vince, Vince and I both know you, but I, I will say this is the first time that I've a long time I've been able to say this on a recorded uh, channel of any sort. Right. That um, me and Stephanie, we met years ago mm-hmm. just over the Internet. You know, I found the Soul Sanctuary, and I reached out to her on my on my first radio show mm-hmm. about getting my first radio show on the Soul Sanctuary, and she was so kind to let me do that, and it was a wonderful partnership. And I just want to say I've been following what the Soul Sanctuary and Stephanie has been doing since then, and without ever sometimes barely saying a word to you, you have been nothing but a guiding light of inspiration for me. Oh, and I that's really, sweet. really just appreciate just having you like there as that guiding light in my life. Well, you know, I mean, I want to say that the podcasting now is hot, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody's thinking about if they haven't already done it, jumping into it and everything else. I appreciate that you all find things that you're passionate about and you give us a vehicle to go there with you to experience it, to discuss it, to be invested and involved. It's not just the trendy thing mm-hmm, right. um, to do. It's something that you love doing and that you love sharing with an audience and we are the better for it. So I'm thankful to have been asked to be a part of this. And I hope that we're going to inspire a whole lot of other people yeah. to yeah. see what's out there, man. We, we spend so much time complaining about the low quality of a lot of things that we engage with that don't stimulate us in any way mm-hmm. and so music film sci-fi and fantasy whatever whatever get in where you fit in that's right and find the content that you love that you'll go you know you can go back to over and over again and it'll feed you in some way there you go and this right. is that All the right. Michelle mission is that every black film ever made y'all lots more guests are going to be coming yes oh yes uh, oh yes uh, next next week we have Iraka 
Rotharanzu. Rotharanzu. Yes. From Word 900 AM. And 96.1 FM. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, so, they, they so big, they on both. They on both. That's right. AM and FM. Bands. See, Iraka will be here next week, ladies All and right. gentlemen. And we will be reviewing The Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal. Yes. I bet you didn't know it was a black film. I didn't know it was a black we're going, film. We're I didn't hear, either. We're going to hear about how that works. Iraka said it is. All right. And she's going to tell us why so All next week. Right. And she's going to be here live. All right. All the way from Los Angeles. She's coming here to Philly just to sit in on the kitchen of the Michelle Mission. <laughs> All right. To talk about the Dark Crystal. That's our story and we're sticking with it. Amen. All right. Um <laughs> We got to get out of here. This show will be available in edited form on Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPMLP 106.5 FM. People Power Media, Philly yes. Cam. Philly Cam. Philly and Camden. <laughs> for Stephanie, for Vince, this is Len. And in parting, we say, We'll see you when it's time to meet again.
Now it's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.